Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Hey, Brian, I tell you what, we've had a, 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 a really <laughs> a full week this week, and it's, today is just Wednesday. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man, I tell you what, we, we go out tomorrow to the, the county jail to speak to the guys, and tonight's topic, I tell you what, it definitely lines up with where we're going tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, tomorrow is going to be awesome, but tonight is going to be spectacular. <laughs> yeah, we had an awesome show on Monday night. You know, yes, we had yes. Derek Crawford on, and he was talking about restoring, getting us back to where we uh, were supposed to be and not getting caught up into the ways of the world. And tonight, I'm going to let you tell the people what the topic is for tonight. Tonight's topic is called My New Life. You know what? And when I when I hear that, Brian... <laughs> The, the the thing that comes to my mind is I'm a new creature. Yeah. What what do you get from that? You know, it makes me think about when when um in Ephesians where it talks about uh taking off the old man and putting on the new man. And so you have this this whole aura of the new man and what the new man's supposed to do and what what is he supposed to be like? Yes. Yeah. You know, so many of us we live in we live in a house, and we're actually homeless and not even know it. Yeah. You know, our guest tonight, he will be with us probably about nine fifteen and nine twenty. Uh, DJ Clash, everybody remembers uh, LL Cool J. Everybody knows all the big artists, uh, Mariah Carey, I believe, and Paula Abdul. And DJ Clash has worked with all these people, but yet. He was homeless for 10 years mm-hmm. You know He was living out on the street for over 10 years A lot of us are going home And we're going to our houses To our families And we're so homeless But we don't have a clue You know We don't even know that we're homeless I mean even on the natural side of things Greg You have a lot of people who Are homeless because they don't have a home of their own. They live with family. Right. You know, and they, they make decent money, but they don't make enough money to actually purchase a home. Yeah. You know, they don't have the the best of credit. You know, not that they have bad credit, but they don't have enough credit. You know, I was reading in the paper today, and they were talking about how people with good credit are now being denied homes, you know, the purchase of homes because of the cost. And even though the costs are dropping... You know, they uh, most most loan companies don't want to take that risk of giving them a home. You know, that's a you know the average. I think median home price in in uh, California, you know, the South Southern California is like seven eight hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, and I couldn't fathom having to pay that much money for a home. You know, at my current salary. You know, so I know that there's a lot of people out there that are you know, not able to purchase a home of their own. And that's one thing. It's something about having your own home. You know, even when Jesus talked about going to prepare that place for you, you know, the place he was talking about is you're going to be home. 
you know, and that, and so when I, uh, you know, when we talked to DJ Clash earlier in the week, you know, and he talked about the situation he was in, you know, I, I couldn't really, I couldn't really put it into words, you know, my heartfelt sorrow of, you know, of, I couldn't imagine what he actually went through, you know, because I've always had a place to stay, you know. I mean, there were stints where I was, you know, had to stay with a friend here or stay with a friend there, but it maybe had been like a couple weeks or so. Right. Never, you know, a year. You know, I couldn't imagine having to live out on the streets for a year. You know, I think when something like that happens, it does something to you mentally. I really do believe that. I don't know everything that went on. I don't know. Uh, why he was homeless, uh, we really didn't discuss that. But he said it became second nature to him. Mm. Living and sleeping by a trash can and sleeping in somebody's backyard, he said that became second nature to him. And here you have someone that was probably the most recognized DJ in the world. But that just goes to show you that at any point anything can happen. So that's why it's so important that we have that relationship with God. And even though he went through those things, he did say now that he learned a lot. Yeah. He kept his mind. He, he did not go crazy. He kept his sane. I mean, he was he had a sound mind. He has a, I mean, now he's a new creature. I can't wait for him to call in so we can so everybody can talk to him and, and hear him talk about his life. Yes. Because it is an awesome testimony. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You know, and this is something that will help us when we go into the jails tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. You know, the guys in there, they feel that where they are right now is the end of the world, a lot of them. And they feel like they're being controlled and they have no power and they're just powerless and can't do anything. And that's not that's simply not the case. So when you go in there tomorrow, Brian, what what are you taking in with you? You know, I was actually thinking about what I was going to talk about tomorrow with those guys because you know a lot of them have a great amount of intelligence. So you can't just go in there and just be talking out of your head, trying to tell them you know do the right thing, do this, do that. They want real answers. They want real solutions. And so one of the things that what came to my mind is what's your response you know i want to know what their response was you know talking with clash we understand what his response was you know even though he went through those things you know he can attest to that he's he's a new creature now you know he's been renewed and he didn't you know like what my what my folks used to say is if it doesn't kill you so anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes. You know, and so I'm going to go in there and ask the guys, you know, what's your response? How are you going to respond to criticism, ridicule, backbiting, backstabbing, front stabbing? You know, <laughs> people will stab you in the chest and in the back at the same time. That's true. You know, especially when you went through circumstances like a lot of those guys have gone through, you know, they've been guilty of a crime they've done jail time sometimes people are afraid of them people don't trust them because maybe they were thieves people don't like them because maybe they did something to a family member or to a child or whatever you and so they're going to be faced with circumstances that 
they're going to have to know how to respond to. Yes. And you know what, my, my, I would say to them, and what I'm going to say is, you know, at all times we need to operate in love. The true definition of love is God. Mm-hmm. God said, I am, I am love. What else is there? If we operate in love, God can use us. He can speak through us. You know, we can't get all emotional and get bent out of shape because somebody says something or somebody does something to us, which is more than likely the case all, <laughs> pretty much all the time. But we have to stay focused and, and keep our eyes on the Lord and keep our eyes on the prize and, and stay stay in God's face. That's so important. Yes. But what's most important is we have to have that relationship with him. And if we don't have that relationship with him, you know, you're going to have confusion, fighting, and arguing, and, and all types of things going on that's, that's going on at our job, our families, and it's also going on and taking place in the church. Yes. Yes. I mean, just from that, from that one standpoint of the response that you may give, you know, a lot of people will, um, will give you a negative response in church. You know, I, I think back uh, when we interviewed Jim Hubbard back on Friday. You know, he talked about when he asked questions that they couldn't answer, you know, and nobody could give him the, the, the answer, and he knew the answer to the question because he had already read it and studied it. They told him that he had the devil in him, mm. you know, because he didn't agree with the way that they agreed with and the way that they were taught was incorrect. You know, and so you're gonna. So sometimes you'll go through those situations where you have people who may not treat you the right way, and they're in your church. They sit next to you. They sit with you. They talk to you. They know your family, but you disagree with one thing that they believed all along, and that thing just happened to be false, and you disagree with it because you want to believe in truth. And you, you know, you're gonna face, and you're gonna face a, uh, an obstacle. And you're going to have to give a response. Yes. What will that response be? Exactly. You know, and like you said earlier, it has to be a response in love. And, you know, that's where it comes in. My new life (laughs) cannot react and respond the same way to every situation all the time. Right. You know, we have uh, become so sensitive to people. We know right from wrong. We know it's going to happen. We know people are going to come at us. We know people are going to try to do things to bring us down. We know that. We know that Satan. That is Satan's job to do that. And if he, if there is a willing vessel out there, Satan will get in them, and and he will come at you, and he will try to do everything he can to destroy you. Uh-huh. He's going to do everything he can. He's going to bring all the things that has caused you pain in your past, that's what he's going to bring to you. And right when you start, your life starts, you feel that your life is taken off and you've turned your life over to God and you feel like, you know, this is it. He's laying dormant. He's just laying there. He's waiting. Oh, yeah. He's waiting. And then just when you say, you know what, away with those boyfriends. Away with having sex before I get married. Away with that liquor bottle or or those cigarettes, or, or any of the things that we used to do or, or we're doing. 
At some point, you're going to say, you know what, I'm tired of that. And then when you start living that life, I think what a lot of people do, Brian, is they get caught up in their life being given to Christ, and they and they forget about or they don't understand that there is a process uh-huh. that you have to go through. A lot of the things that you're, you're the things that you're addicted to and the habit things that you've been doing for so many years, a lot of that stuff won't stop overnight. Right, right. Yeah, and they, you know, and they think that you know I've given my life to Christ and. You know they they don't believe that they have any work to do. They just they just think that okay I believe in Jesus now He's gonna heal me and I won't have to worry about that anymore. You know and they never they never even once and you know a lot of it is because they haven't been taught like that. You know they've been taught that Jesus is gonna save you and once you're saved once saved always saved. You know and they've been taught that oh Jesus Jesus will wash away all your sins. You know but what Jesus is saying to you in the word is physician heal thyself he's telling you you have the power once you believe in me to do all the things that I can do and greater so you have the power to wash away that sin you know you have the power to get rid of that sin that's in your life you know you have the power to defeat the, the wiles of the devil you know I've, he said, I've given you all the tools the, breath, the breastplate the shield the sword the helmet you know but do we believe that? And, you know, that's the key factor. Do we believe the whole word, or do we just believe some of it? You know, you have some people who don't believe in faith healing. Do I believe in it? Yes. Do I believe everybody has the everybody that you see has the ability to heal? No. I don't believe everybody has the ability to heal because, you know, God says to some he gave different gifts. And you know, you know and what, no one person can have all the gifts. That's true. You know? Right. You know what, Brian, what about the people that have this new life? They're living this new life, but they're struggling with the old life. The old things are starting to flare up. The old people that they've seen uh going through the things in their in their past, how do they deal with let's say for an example an alcoholic? or a person that's dealing with homosexuality. You know, our children are faced with these things on a daily basis more so than ever. Mm-hmm. How can you tell a, a, a teenager that's experiencing homosexuality, start now, how can you tell them God is? How can you tell them they need to turn their life around? What What are the words, What what can you say to them? You know, Greg, the thing is, it's not just what can you say to them, but just like I was saying before, what's your response to them? See, if your response is the same way most of the people in the world respond and how some Christians respond because they're not taught properly, see, what I believe is that sin is sin is sin is sin is sin is sin. And so if you try to, the only sin that's mentioned as a sin that's unpardonable is the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's the only one that I've read in the Bible now. If somebody can show me another one, you know, because they talk about abomination. They talk about abomination is bigger than just regular sin. That's not true. That's not true. 
That's but, true, but Brian. But sin is sin is sin. God hates all sin. And the only, like I said, the only sin that's un... See, Jesus can pardon all and every single sin you have, except for if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's the only one that's mentioned that's unpardonable. So if you're, if you're out there practicing homosexuality, if you're a liar, you're a cheater, you know, if you're a drug user, you know, if you're a, a, a sex abuser, that's right. you know, if you're having sex outside of marriage, any of those things that God has said are sins. That's true, Brian. That's you, so true. You can be pardoned by the, from those. You know, and so some people put, you know, and, and, you know, the one thing that I just, I just look at them and I'm like, why? Why are you going through all that? When you see the folks get on and they go out to, uh, like, the abortion clinics and they're ready to literally kill the people inside because they're having abortions. Now, do I believe in abortions? No. I think every life is precious and, and life begins at conception. But you'll have some church folks that are really willing to kill somebody over having an abortion. And so do you understand how how flawed that logic is? Yes, yes. Instead of going to them in a loving manner and instructing them, teaching them on how to do better or how, no, baby, listen, you don't want to do that, you know. You know, instead of teaching them not to go out there and engage in those practices that could result in that, you know, instead of teaching them, you know, how to do it in the proper context. See, what we want to do is we want the pastor to teach us everything we have to do. No, it's your job to teach as well. That's true. You know, because when you learn the Bible, you instruct it. You become what they consider an elder in the Bible. You can you're you're known as somebody who knows the word when you've studied to show you know to show yourself approved. And you, you know when you hear that studied shut uh, I'm sorry, study to show thyself approved a worker that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See when you when you've proven that you can rightly divide the word of truth, then you've been approved. You know, and so if you have if you don't know the truth, how can you rightly divide it? Yeah, we have to know the word. That's the bottom line. We have to know what the word says. And you know, going into the jail system is something that the hard thing about it, Brian. You know, when you go into a lot of the jail jail prison and prisons, you can't talk about God. You can't talk about Jesus. There are strict guidelines. But God will give you a plan. He'll give you a strategy. He'll give you that. So, you know, and that's something that, you know, we pray about and we just go in there and we do the best that we can. Somebody has to do it. These are God's children. We can't just throw them away. You know, we can't do that. No. And the kids, oh, my God, the kids in school, it's rough. These are different times, and it's very serious. Brian, we have one caller on the line from the 850 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. You have any questions or comments? No, I was just listening and enjoying the comments. Okay, okay, okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, good. We'll have our guest on in just a few minutes. 
uh, DJ Clash, um, you know, he's gone through a lot. He's helped a lot of people, and and, and that's 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 what life is all about. You know, we're talking about this new life, my new life. I tell you what, his testimony is going to be something, Brian. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just I just hope, you know, I, I really want to reach out to a lot of the younger kids to come on so they can hear this man talk about the industry and how, uh, you know, the things that he struggled with, that, you know, the every, everything he's seen, you know, everything. But, you know, DJ Clash is just a man of God, and he'll be joining us shortly. Yes, yes. You know, Greg, I, I think about how when we were out at the, um, at the youth center yesterday and, you know, we were talking to the guys, you know, we were telling them about all the different people that we've talked to and, you know, the different walks of life that they've gone, you know, that they've been in and the things that they've gone through, you know, and the kids were just amazed. They were like, y'all talk to all those kind of people? Y'all got it like that? You know, you know how they talk. You know, y'all got it like that? Y'all can talk to all those kind of people? You know, and, and we were like, well, can't you do the same thing? Do you know how to talk to people? You know how to talk, right? You know? And so what we were trying to tell them is that you have to seize the moment. If you have an opportunity to talk to anybody, talk to them. You know? But first you got to learn how to talk. You know, and I... And I and, you know, the, the guys are like, wow, you know, you guys are talking to DJ Clash tomorrow. And, you know, he did stuff for Jay-Z and LL. And, you know, they were all excited about it. And it was like, if you talk to him, he talks just like we talk, just like you talk. You know, he's no different than we are. That's right. You know, he's, going he's through no different than you are. That's right. And see, we, we tend to put people on this huge and humongous pedestal because of what they can do, their ability. You know, and I always tell people, I say, man, there are people that you don't even know that are like ten times better than the people that you see on the movies and and on TV and that you see, that you hear on the radio. I remember I worked with a girl that she's probably one of the best singers and had one of the best voices I've ever heard and she was just used to walk around working and singing and she sounded I mean she sounded like a songbird and I would always tell her you need to get in the music business you need to get in the music business and she'd say everybody always tell me that but I just like singing around the house and I'm like are you kidding you can make millions of dollars because I I have yet to hear somebody who sounds better than she did that's true. If you're just joining us, you're listening in to the Abundant Solutions Hour. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to give us a call at 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Brian, do you have DJ Clash's number with you? Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get him on the line. Yeah, Hold go it. ahead and give him a call. Okay. But you know what? God is a God that he, he's a good God. The things that you're going through in your life, the things that we have to deal with, a lot of us, you know, a lot of us are saying, I'm working, I'm following Christ, I'm doing all these things, but it's not happening for me. Well, it will happen for you if you work your faith. And a lot of times what we do in our life, we 
we tend to give God a try, and we'll put him on a trial, period. We'll use him on a trial basis. Okay, God, if you if you do these things for me, I'll do this. And now we're negotiating with him. We can't do that. You can't negotiate with God. God knows everything. And we try to use, uh, sometimes we try to use our situation to argue and get upset with God. And, and it's amazing that we do that. But we have to stay focused and we have to work our faith. That's the number one thing that we really need to do. We need to learn how to work our faith like DJ Clash did, been out on the streets for 10 years. And when I tell you, when he comes on the phone, you'll, you'll see this man. Brian, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Do you have DJ Clash with you? And yes. now, introducing <laughs> the one, the only, the unmistakable, hip-hop pioneer, DJ Clash. Are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can you hear me loud and clear? Yes, sir. We hear you. Okay, good, good. I just wanted to let you thank you guys. I'm very grateful for, you know, having a platform such as this and um, making God evidently known. You know, what he does right now in this in these times, I mean, he's doing miraculous things. God is more than just the great I am. Yes, yes. He so, is, definitely. So, Clash, how are you today? I'm blessed. I, I, I've been through my ups and downs, but I, I know that, that, you know, God never makes mistakes. But, Clash, 10 years, though. Yes. That, that, <laughs> 10 years. That, that really, it, it, I, I bit the dust. I, I had too much pride. I really did, and uh, the pride is what got me, you know, and never wanted to listen to anybody. I never wanted to listen to any instruction. You know, hmm. and especially even if it wasn't godly instruction and people were just as loving, I did not want to listen to it. I didn't want to hear it, and I was left um, sleeping on trains, sleeping in movie theaters, sleeping in the back of, um, behind people's, you know, their, their car, their, behind their garage. Wow. And I would be sleeping on the floor and crying many a nights and sometimes I've just gotten so used to it being this way um, I thought it was normal and evidently it wasn't <laughs> that's why I'm here <laughs> <laughs> that's true man but you know what class what changed it all for you though I mean when you were out there on the streets for those 10 years you know what let me ask you this before you answer about uh, what happened and what changed you know what, what you know how you came into your new life you know when you were out there were you angry at God because you were homeless? Um, you know what? I <laughs> I seriously thought that everything out there was after me. You know, I thought that this was the the the, the exchange that was give, that God gave to me, but it wasn't. It was the enemy. It was the enemy's trick. You know, he sought after my brain to know that, you know, I, I had been through 67 relationships. I had been through uh, most of them unprotected. And um, I thank God I'm still here. Yeah. I, 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 as, as far as the, the version of, you know, how when people look at being homeless and, they, and they're looking at it through the television or hearing this right now over the radio, 
it, it's a really it, it's really a powerful thing because it, it you know people kind of get stuck at that moment you know and I knew that God had something for me and I never knew it was going to come through a lady and about 80 miles away from New York City named Pat who actually opened up my eyes and told me the question if I died today would I go to heaven or hell you know that was the question right then and there how, how did you handle that I, oh my goodness as far as the homelessness you're talking about no how did you handle uh, her asking you that question oh it was it was just it was an eye opener it was a cold plate of reality because knowing I, I always understood I will not clearly understood what heaven and hell was about but all I knew that a lot of people were talking about this fire brimstone thing and I thought it was just a figment of other people's imagination <laughs> but when I did tell Pat I was clearly going to hell five minutes later it did not agree it did not line up to really you know where I was supposed to go and I ran back to her and told her you know this wasn't my destiny you know, and about three years later, <clears throat> having this, knowing that I was reading the Bible and I was clearly not understanding it because I I kept on projecting it out of my mouth. I kept, I had this thinking, thinking that, you know, wait a minute, you know, I'll never get this, I'll never get this. And the more I said it, the more I, the more it evidently came, you know, to me that I couldn't, you know, I was, I said, wait a minute, I have to have it. Why is it that every other Christian around me is getting the promises of God? And, <laughs> and I'm stuck because, you know, knowing me coming out of the Marley Mall's house of hits, all I knew was smoking, sniffing, drinking. I, I was an alcoholic. You know, I, I've seen so many artists, which I'll name nameless, <laughs> yeah. you know, that I, that came across and always put something in my hand. And I evidently I thought that was the norm. I thought it was the right thing to do. I thought it was the cool thing to do, but it evidently wasn't. And I had to get out of that cycle of, uh, you know, when you ever you hear like a CD, a CD skipping or a record skipping, yes. and it gets to the point where, oh, my goodness gracious, turn that record off. <laughs> you know, You know, I had to put on this new record, and now the new record is, is Jesus Christ. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. You know, class, I, I think about, um, I was thinking about what you said about, you know, when you were in the music industry and people just handing you stuff. And I can remember when um, I had my little foray into the music industry. I was uh, I was in the RB group. And, you know, we had so many different things thrown at us. And we weren't like a top-name group. We We were, you know, relatively unknown, you right. know, but... When they when they see that celebrity on you, you know, and they hear you, and you know, it's almost like okay, now they want to give you. It seems like Satan just opens doors for you and say, "Come on in, come on in," mm-hmm. you know. And um, and so I can actually sympathize with you on that when you know, because people would offer you stuff. They say, "Come on, man, we going we all going to drink," or "Hey, man, we all going y'all, y'all smoke." What y'all do, y'all? You know, y'all want some white? And I'm like, no, man, we don't do that, you know. Mm. And it was like, what you mean y'all don't do that? You know, everybody do it. 
And it's like, no, everybody doesn't do it. You know, right. and so it's like, it's almost like if you don't do that, that you're kind of like, you're, you're kind of like isolated. You know, you're, right. you're kind of put out there on that island and everybody's saying, oh, you, you don't want to fool with him. He's fuddy-duddy, <laughs> you know. Right. And it's almost like they, they kind of force you into living that lifestyle, even though you know it's not right. You're almost like you're typecasted, where if you don't live that lifestyle, then they're like, nah, you can't come to the parties. Nah, you can't hang around because, you know, you're going to cramp the style. Right. You know? Yeah, you know, I, you know I, I, just you talking about this, I, I want to throw something else out there. Um, primarily, we discussed earlier. Uh, you know, when people are, you know, looked at, you know, when we are looked at as fuddy-duddies or people <laughs> who don't really know what, you know, this guy's not cool, I remember and I'm hoping, I know and I'm praying every single night for, uh, when people do listen to this, evidently I lost my mother maybe about a month and a half ago, you know, uh, she died in Savannah, Georgia, and, and I know that she had gave, given her life to Christ. And uh, due to the fact that she she gave her life to Christ, it was the best thing because she was stuck in the witness ordeal, the Jehovah Witnesses, and mm-hmm. uh, you know praise you know praise be to God to each and every person out there. But to know the truth, you know when you're out there and knowing that my mother got disowned, disfellowshipped five times, and I got disfellowshipped three times for knowing the truth, and Knowing that when you know the truth, just to having Christ live in yourself, the Christ that lives in your heart, and when other people come around, like the witnesses or the the people who practice Buddhism or Scientology or, mm-hmm. you know, the Normans. I mean, I've had every religion knock at my door in New York City, but <laughs> now I'm considered the fuddy-duddy. Right. <laughs> and... You know, it's, it's, we're strange. We're very foreign. And to know that we're Christ-like, you know, people really, uh, and now I, I understand that, you know, when we were disfellowshipped, just like when I'm around other music industry leaders, they, they're actually looking at me and they're saying, hey, you know, why don't you drive? I said, I used to do that. Hey, why don't you get a smoke? And I, I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. Well, why is that? Are you a fuddy-duddy or are you too cool? Are you too righteous? You know? No, I'm following what Christ told me. Christ told me to keep myself, to to be humble, to be obedient, you know? Because knowing that now I've been married for two and a half years, almost two years and seven months, and we have something good. Now, we all have ups and downs. We definitely do have them. But... I am so now considered and respected and the community here within the triad, because I live here now in North Carolina, I left New York, but even when I'm around Molly Mall, they, he's clearly understanding, wow, wait a minute, this guy really took a step of faith. And that's what it is to all the, the, the listeners that are listening into right now. It takes a measure of faith. It, it's about your relationship and about what other people think about you at the barbershop or what they're thinking behind you or around you or in front of you. It's about you and God. It's about your relationship. It's not about people, then God, 
than you. It, it, the order doesn't run that way. It's 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 run as God first. You know, for it, the Bible does talk about if you love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That's the that's the person that's evidently the one that's putting the oxygen in your lungs. He's the one that's putting the food on your table. He's actually putting the, that money, you know, every week that you have faith in a man to give you that check, you know. Mm-hmm. We have so much hope and, and pride and so much things that are evaluated around society, and we believe that we're to listen to the, you know, and, and believe me, trust me, we do, we're, we're supposed to be more Christ-like, heaven-like, because we're ambassadors, you know, we are definitely ambassadors of Christ, and you guys are doing such an excellent job and putting this out there because, you know, like I said, I was lost and now I'm found. There's no buts in between. Mm-hmm. You know, God's measure, he will give you his, he will give you more exceedingly because if you do his business, he'll evidently do yours. Right. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm going to Australia next month, you know, and I, I thank God that I, I'm on seven radio FM radio stations. I'm also heard in Amsterdam. We just got a radio station out there called Royal Radio, and life is better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even with its ups and downs, even with the people that I've met in the past, you know, I, I love them all. I just I don't love them any less. But to know that I evidently have been planted here to plant a seed, and that seed that once I plant that seed, we know that Jesus Christ is the one that grows it. Yes. Well, class, you know we have so many young kids nowadays that want to get into the rap industry. That's watching BET. That's right. that's literally being raised by BET. Right. You know they 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 do what they see on television. For someone that's trying to break into the industry, the music industry, right? what would you say to them? Or what should they be uh, prepared for? Well, what they need to actually first get themselves, get themselves, center themselves with God first. God evidently has to come first because if your priorities first going into this music industry is for oneself, or for one's fame, or for one's pride, and evidently thanking God, yes, for one minute, and then it's all about me the second minute, because I, even in the music industry, when I went in, I was making more money than my mom and my dad put together. You know, and one was a food service supervisor, the other one was the head of radiology. And I was making more than both of them put together in a month. Wow. And at that period of time, I mean, to, to follow up and to finish up what I was talking about, as far as put God first in everything, everything that you do. Second of all, get yourself to open yourself to criticism because there are a lot of people, especially in New York, there's a million and one producers, a million and one DJs, a million and one rappers, you know, and you evidently have to listen to it with a loving ear. You have to hear what they're saying because if they're saying your dream is not evidently clear or whack or is it not, evidently you got to keep on being persistent. That That's the main key is to actually get in there to, to listen to criticism because you're going to hear it. Um, thirdly, I would really 
tell people that when you're going into the rap music industry, you evidently have to be also business-minded. Always make sure that there's a door open. Never to have that door closed because there have been there has been many opportunities for myself years ago, and my pride <laughs> and everything got the best of me. And I was supposed to have been DJing in London for a life. I was supposed to be set with a schedule that never stopped all the way to 2015. But evidently, I didn't want to give up my <laughs> my my American <laughs> citizenship, and nor would I've been married. And right. nor would I have been on the phone with you guys talking about my testimony. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, class. You know, I I was thinking about um, when Greg asked that question. You know, immediately I thought about when I first got into the music industry. And, you know, I didn't really know a whole lot about it. And you know, once I started to study the music industry, I realized that one, I was in a pretty awful deal. And that I was being, you know, basically robbed blind by my producers, and you know, not the producers, but the the management, you know. And then, two, I didn't really feel like I fit the mold of what I kept seeing. You know, I mean, because I can remember times when we'd go and we'd check into a hotel, and we we wouldn't even ask for our room. We'd tell them, give us our room when we come back. Right. You know, because there were times when we'd be on our way to our room and the maids had been paid off by whoever was at the concert and girls would be in our room when we got there. Right. And I'd be like, no, y'all got to go. Because, you know, I've been up for 15 hours. I'm going to sleep. I don't want to see y'all, you know. And I, you know, and sometimes you had to actually get rude with them because they didn't want to leave. Mm. You know, they go, I came to to do this with you, and it's like, no, I, I don't get down like that. I'm not gay, but I'm not, and I'm not stupid. You know, yeah, you know, because uh, you know, and so it's it's almost like, you know, when you, when you're faced with that, you know, and we and Greg and I we were just talking about this earlier. What's your response? You know, what was your response when you when you first? Um, told like everybody that was in the in the you know in the world like all all your buddies all your friends that you know that you were associating with when you were in the world what was your response what was their response when the, when you first told them hey I'm a Christian oh wow I got answers from being oh man you how could you be doing this I, yo come on maybe if I give you a couple of more drinks because I was the I was more of the drinker, and whenever I drank, the the comedy class would come out, and that's all they wanted to hear was me ranking on somebody or roasting somebody. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Man, you you're uncool anymore." You know, I've had it from when I was at bars with these people, and you know, I, I would go, but so far, you know, because other places, I mean, we also have to be uh, a light and dark. Right, uh, like the Bible always says that we the wheat and the tear have to grow together. Right, and for those people, I, I can label four of them so that you can get the the the, the reaction. Uh, the first time I was approached with with Marley Marl because Marley right now we're praying for him and we believe that his deliverance is on the way. 
And the first time he heard me say, I don't want any weed or any drink or any this or any that, he just said, yo, come on now. You know this ain't going to last for too long. You know that you're going to be coming back to my house and you're going to be doing the same old exact things that you were doing many years ago. And evidently it never happened. Uh, Two, I I was actually witnessing to a, a, a lady friend who was actually, this This was before I even met my wife, I, we were talking on the phone, and she evidently knew the old class. And, you know, she says, well, why don't you come over to my house and you could spend the, the whole weekend? And I said, well, I don't get down like that no more. And, they, and she called me every word underneath the sun. <laughs> and... That was remarks number two. They they, they they either come out with the cussing or they say that this ain't going to last for too long. Or thirdly, they don't even want to associate, you know, because knowing that as soon as I say Jesus, oh, they're like, oh, man, why did you have to spoil the party? Wow. You know, and, and, and it's just eternal because knowing that when you're a light and, and you're understanding well, God has said, and I've had to witness, even in those circumstances where another person still had the and and the the best thing is is to plant that seed and leave. God does the rest. I don't have to worry about what God God can do anything He pleases. And with my testimony being in the music industry for over twenty plus years, being around a legend. And being around Master Ace, Craig G, Big Daddy Kane, Bismarck, LL, TLC, Bell Bivgavo, I mean, I pray for them each and every night. Uh, the the first very vi- the victory that just started really to embrace. Um, I'm, I have to mention this because he's a fellow DJ and he's a, a good friend of mine's, and he's ordained. He, he goes by the name of DJ Bobcat. Uh, most people, if you've heard of LL Cool J. Bobcat was the the leading DJ. He right. was the man that can cut crazy. And he himself had told me his testimony of going into one of these parties and where there was he was a camera recorder was put into this man's hand to videotape a bunch of women, you know, having relations and evidently he dropped he he dropped that and um he dropped the what's called the the cam recorder, and he said, "No, this can't this can't be true. I can't do this anymore." And he gave his life to Christ. Wow! Hmm. Just like that, huh? And yeah, he he said I was tired of because he he had done so many to videotaping and so many other things, and evidently he just he said I'm I'm giving this up and I'm giving this to Christ right now. He has a ministry that he's going out to the people out there in Compton, right there dead in the streets, and witnessing to people that don't have it. And I thank, I thank God for him. Uh, and for DJs, also for those people that are in the DJing business, like I said, those three principles I gave you about, you know, putting God first, don't let pride, don't ever burn a bridge. Always remember to be around people that are fully focused around God because I, I thank God for macaroni management. They actually, they they opened me up, embraced me, and they knew and understood 
that God was evidently in my life. I trust them, and they they evidently pray with me. They evidently everywhere I go, and and they're completely a, a support team to myself and to my wife and to my family out there. Um, Bombshell, who I just met her acquaintance and everything, and. All these other rappers, I just want to pray for each and every one of you guys to have a clear direction. You know, never, ever think that it's, you know, because the opposite of love is selfishness. And you never want to operate in selfishness. That's the fourth rule <laughs> about, yeah. about, this, about this game. Because the thing is is that if we uproot ourselves in selfishness, it, 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 there's going to be a road. It's just like you driving. And you're looking, you're always driving, you always want to keep yourself focused on the on the front mirror, you're on your front rear views. You never want to, actually, you want to glance at your rear views once in a while. But if you look at that rear view way too long, you're going to crash. And evidently that that's how <laughs> I ended up. And now I'm a, pioneer, I'm a pioneer to this game, and I thank God that, that that God has actually put me in this place, you know, for for now, because this is, for a time such as this, for you guys, Greg and Bryant, I I thank God for every platform I have. I'm very grateful, and the best thing also, uh, like I said, a uh, red alert uh, from New York City. Hey, he, DJ Red Alert is another person who actually told me about being the what you call being humble. You have to be humble in this game. You know, because mm-hmm. if you're not humble, you won't last. That's so true. And, Clash, one thing I want to say, you know, you and I, we talk all the time. <laughs> right, right. And, and every time I talk to you, it's like you're teaching. It's <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's, I noticed that, too. Yeah, it's like, it's, like you, it's like you're sitting me down and you're teaching me. And trust me, I, I, I sit there and I listen because... There's so much experience and there's so much wisdom in the things that you tell me. Sometimes when we talk, I I, I grab my pad and, and here I am. I'm writing writing <laughs> things down. I mean, I, I I never said it to you before, but I, I pay close attention because I know you've suffered. In in those ten years of homelessness, you know, being out on the street, you weren't out there just to be out there. It was a reason. It was something. It was a, it was. God had something in store for you when you came back. So now that you're back, and, and you know, I want to say this. A lot of those guys that you were dealing with, you were homeless for 10 years. They're still homeless. They have the mansions and they have all the, the Maybachs and the, the Bentleys. They have all of that, but they're homeless. They're homeless, and they need Someone like you that's going to go in there and take that stand. And, and, you know, a lot of people are taking a stand. You know, well, they're not taking a stand. A lot of people are just going with the flow because they see these guys with these millions of dollars and they're just going along with whatever and not telling them what's right. How can they learn? They can't learn from somebody that always says, okay, well, you're right. You're right. And they have their hand out for everything and they're giving them everything and they're this yes man and... They need someone that's going to say, you know what, that's wrong. You know, evidently, uh, you pointed out something really clear, uh, I, and for you, for the listeners also, uh, in this industry, there are there's another tip 
to this, and I'm hoping that this clearly, um, you know, I hope this soaks into people. There's a, evidently when I was being homeless and running from one thing, replacing it with another, whenever I was mad, I always went to the bar. Whenever I was stressed out or I was about to fight, you know, someone verbally, I went to my weed. I always had things to replace things and never had God replace it, you know. I never had, and I, and just for those people out there that are in the industry and they're thinking that they need to have 10, 15, 25 women on their shoulders, you know, for those people, they're alone. You can be married and be alone, <laughs> you know. You can be so alone to the point that, and, and the the thing that Satan wants to do in this music industry, knowing that a lot of heads and tails have been placed around and there's a lot of uh, profanity and calling women out of their names and showing things that aren't supposed to be seen, especially to our African young women, you know, and and this is not just an African thing. This is also, you know, for, for whites and Puerto Ricans that are out there also or whatever race you are, you know, it's it's – Right now, someone needs to be that role model, you know, and evidently there is a rapper out there that, you know, that's out there to, to that's being created by God right now that's actually putting that pen and pad together, and I believe that there are a few out there that are going to make it happen, and they're going to lead souls to Christ. <laughs> and um, the next thing as far as, you know, knowing Another part of the industry, which I found out, <laughs> I thought there's a lot of people out there that will actually lie to you straight up and down. And you got to, and, and for those people, you got to put on some tough skin and put the full armor of God on. You know, yeah. that's another important thing. You real because lies will run rapid through the industry. People will promise you something. And the next thing you know, that that person is gone, disappeared. Won't you will never see that person ever again? You know. And if you do see him on the humble, <coughs> that person will be like, "I never told you this." Oh, and that's yeah. happened. That's <laughs> been that's happened to me in my career on the DJing platform, as well as the air personality platform. Mm. You know, and I just want people to be, you know, to, to be encouraging out there because there, there, there's one way to making this a success is grounding yourself with Christ and his word. God is committed to his word. It's like a marriage, not like what you see on Jerry Springer or anything like that, <laughs> but I'm talking about a true loving marriage. To know what First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 Knowing what love is is kind. It's being patient. Love is never rude, boastful, or proud, or demands its own way, or demand, or, or you know, demands through its, you know, it never weakens through all the circumstances. Love is the greatest of all those, you know, and that's what people need to. That's the first thing that evidently got me into knowing my Bible. That was the thing that really. God really poked that out at me because I had read First Corinthians chapter thirteen verse four more than th for three years in a row, and never did it make under 
you know, understanding it never clicked into me and I never absorbed it until then. In the year of 2000, I gave my life to Christ. Mm. Yeah. You know, Clash, I was thinking, what would you say to maybe that young person that's in the industry and they're, they're in that lifestyle that's not pleasing to God and, you know, and they... You know, or they may have just come to Christ, and you know they're still a babe in Christ, and they're and they, you know, and they just, you know, like they're brand new, fresh. Well, you know, what what would you offer them as far as you know, um, what advice would you give them as far as you know, if they're in, if they're still out there in the world, coming to Christ, and if they're just fresh coming into Christ, you know, as far as staying power. Okay. Um, what I would say firstly is, is to, to to remember, uh, and and I'm hoping that this does. I know that this will work as a site. If you actually pray, if you pray for ten, however many minutes a day, ten, fifteen minutes a day, that's even great. If you're even reading the word fifteen minutes a day, this conviction will have this conviction that's in that word. And it'll stick into you because the next time you want to do something or react to someone's comment or, you know, you're not getting what you deserve, you can always go back into God's word, you know. And that's the best thing because once you have done this for the the first thirty days, it'll become, uh, it'll become more of a marriage to you because most people, most of our young uh, rappers nowadays, they're not reading their Bible. They, they might be, they may be just skimming through it on a Sunday for one hour, and the rest of the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is completely different. You know, they're surrendering things. You know, at the at the end of their church sermon or whatever, and they're trying to surrender it, but they they're looking at it and they're saying, "Well, I, God got me. I'm underneath the covering of a great church, and that's it." No, it's about prayer. It's about reading your word and staying in your word. Because even if you're reading a book like Joyce Myers or Joel Osteen or T.D. Jakes, you know, these are great men of God there and and great followers of the Holy Spirit, but you still evidently want to do your research. Evidently, let to each and every listener that's listening right now remember that the devil is, is a thief. He is the stealer of the word. Once you get that word in you, evidently the next the next 10, 20 minutes, if someone repeated back to you what you had learned and you don't remember, that's what Satan's whole objective is, is to steal. And you wouldn't want anybody to come into your house to steal something, <laughs> especially if you're living with your mama or your dad. You know, you evidently do not want nobody sneaking through the window taking your best apple pie or your baked Alaska or your whatever it is, you know, that's personal to you. I didn't mean I didn't want to throw out food. <laughs> well, Clash, we have, about, we have about 40 seconds left. What new projects are you working with right now? What are you working on? Evidently, right now, I'm actually working on Royal Radio, Conspiracy Radio, uh, Oceta Macaroni Management. You can actually see my MySpace page. It's MySpace dot com forward slash DJ Clash. Um, you can see the things I've been working on. Um, evidently, right now I'm working on going to Australia. 
Uh, I'm praying for Bombshell and her friends and um, oh yeah, she's going to actually get yeah. together and make this thing happen for God's plan. Yeah, brother, we thank you so much, man, and we love you. And please stay in contact with us. And I tell you what, yep, God yeah. is is moving in your life, and it. I mean, you never lost anything, brother. You you okay. you you're back into your new life and. And God has restored you where you should have been, and it's such it's such a blessing, man, to have you on and and to uh, sit up under you and be uh, mentored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brian, did you have anything for Crash? No, man. You know we'll be in contact with you. Yeah, oh, you know we got to keep up with you, and, and and you know I enjoy the fellowship, bro. Thank you, thank you, guys. I mean, uh, God bless everybody. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. If you've been, you know, if you're listening with us, then you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. And I tell you what, we we are, we reached our goal tonight, Brian. I, I say we we definitely reached our goal by helping others be more, do more, and have more. And DJ Clash, man, we we love you, brother. We love your new life. Let your light shine and continue doing what you're doing because you're definitely changing the world. Amen. Don't ever think don't ever think you're not. You're definitely changing the world. Thank you for this platform. All righty. With All right, that man, being said, care. with that being said, we'll see you. Brian, we're not we're not on this Friday. We're taking off this Friday. We'll be back on the air on Monday. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solution Hour. <laughs>